This is an All Ears English podcast, episode 2147, Three Language Choices That Can Undermine Your Career with Julie Holunga. Welcome to the All Ears English podcast, downloaded more than 200 million times. We believe in connection, not perfection, with your American host, Lindsay McMahon, and today's featured guest coming to you from Denver, Colorado, USA. To get real-time transcripts right on your phone and create your personalized vocabulary list, try the All Ears English app for iOS and Android. Start your seven-day free trial at allearsenglish.com forward slash app. Are you unknowingly using English words or phrases at work that are holding you back or preventing your success? Today, I interview leadership trainer Julie Holunga to get expert insight on words to avoid if you want to build a successful career. Bist du auf der Suche nach einer neuen Crime-Serie für dein nächstes Streaming-Abenteuer? Entdecke mit WOW preisgekrönte Top-Serien parallel zum US-Start und Blockbuster kurz nach dem Kino-Release. Von der neuen Staffel True Detective mit Oscar-Preisträgerin Jodie Foster bis zu den neuen Folgen von The Rookie. WOW hat für jeden Crime-Fan genau den richtigen Nervenkitzel zu bieten. Geh jetzt auf wowtv.de und starte deinen nächsten packenden Fall. Streaming war noch nie so WOW. Hello Julie, welcome to the show today. How are you? Good, thanks for having me, Lindsay. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. So for our listeners today, I have Julie Holunga on the show. Julie is a leadership speaker and trainer helping develop communication skills that were never taught in school. <laughs> I totally understand that. She grew up in Paris, New, New Delhi, Hong Kong, and New York City, and worked at Harvard University helping alumni advance their careers. And Julie hosted a TED Talk in November of 2020 entitled don't let your words sabotage your career welcome again julie your ted talk title really caught my eye thank you lindsay yeah it was it was a lot of fun to have that conversation and i love talking about about language with with all my clients and and yeah. people like you yes i love it and so tell me a little bit about how you got into this track in your career around communications what kind of was there some kind of uh, original experience you had or something that really got you into coaching on communication and, and how important it is yes so i as you said i grew up in overseas and i mm -hmm. started elementary school in paris so i walked in that first day of class and of school in a uniform um in a very scratchy wool gray and blue uniform and noticed that no one else was, was wearing this uniform so there had been some language barrier oh, that yeah. my mom and i you know oh, no. didn't connect with but it was in that that moment and i can remember that vividly of hey there is this disconnect and yeah. then figuring out being six years old figuring out obviously upon reflection that i could communicate right we we went you know i was i feel very lucky that my recess in elementary school was in the shadows of the Eiffel Tower. Right? Oh, that's and amazing. That is it was amazing. amazing. And yeah. I could figure out how to communicate in that setting, right? Like whatever we were playing, the, the French version of kickball or whatever it was, I was able even without the words to communicate. And in, in fact, that's what the science has shown is why young 
kids are able to learn language, a, a different language so quickly, because they're not thinking about, I don't know what I'm saying, or I don't right. have the right accent. Or, so we, we're out of our heads when we're young. Yes. Compared to us as adults trying to learn the language. I love it. Right? Um, so that really, that was such a, a stamp in my life. And those seven years living abroad, consistently being the outsider, needing to communicate sometimes in ways that were different than what I was used to learning yeah. new ways of, of new behaviors, new body language with each culture that it changed. I mean, vastly different between Paris and New Delhi and Hong Kong, three very different cultures and ways of communicating. And, and I had to learn that. And it wasn't, obviously it was not a conscious thing that I was right. doing, but it was something, but I do remember a lot of conversations with different people at school or in our community mm -hmm. about communications. And I remember vividly, vividly. So I was in seventh grade leaving Hong Kong to move back to New York and yeah. all of the international, everyone was international. We were at an international school. Okay. Um, everyone who was moving back to their home environment was brought into a counselor and right. we would have weekly sessions to help us reintegrate and prepare for moving back. Okay. And I remember this really young, what I remember being a very young, skinny guy telling yeah. us, when you move back, no one cares that you have just had this unbelievable experience. Right. And no one will understand what it was like to be at school where kids were coming in and out every six months. Right. And that you lived in this unbelievable place. And they will think that you don't know how to speak English, even wow. though you're American and you were born there and you may have even known these same people. Hmm. And that has stuck with me to this day that don't talk about that experience. And it takes a lot hmm. to get it out of me. And I've yeah. been coached to talk about it more often. <laughs> um, but even like the, the day after we were, my husband and I were married, mm -hmm. we had been together for six years at that point. We went to hang out with his family and something came up about me growing up overseas. Right. And my sister-in-law said, how have I never heard about this? Interesting. But that was so ingrained in me. Right. Don't talk about it. Don't talk it's, about it. Yeah. And, and I would say that's obviously bad advice. <laughs> right, right, right. For sure. But for this, sure. Right. The communication that we, it's how we interact. It's how we build trust with people. And when I then went into the workforce and was working at, at Harvard University and, you know, felt very like I have no experience. I don't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And I worked with some amazing people that first job right out of school who didn't care that I didn't have experience. And they wanted me to take a seat at the table, like proverbial and real table. Yeah. And they would talk to me and say, don't tell people you don't know what you're talking about. Don't tell people you've never done this before. Okay. They're amazing, amazing people. I'm still in touch with some of them, which, you know, is, is great decades yeah. later. Yeah. Uh, so I really had that impact on me. Like pay attention mm -hmm. to the words that you're using, pay attention to your body language. Okay. So those two experience really honed in on. Yes. The, that I love it. That was, you know, not so good. And then really great right. to help me. Right professionally. 
This podcast is sponsored by Rosetta Stone. Do you have any big trips planned this year? Do you need to brush up on your English skills for travel? Well, I'm heading to Panama in April. So I logged into the Rosetta Stone app and I toggled to Spanish. I selected my level, which is intermediate, and my goal, which is travel. And the system created my study plan, just like that. So now all I have to do is follow the plan. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program because it immerses you in the language. You learn naturally and intuitively by acquiring phrases, then sentences, then you're ready for full conversations and of course, connection. And with Rosetta Stone, you improve fast because there are no translations into your native language. I also love that it's available on desktop or as an app. Don't put off learning that language, especially for a big trip. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, All Ears English listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com A-E-E. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at R-O-S-E-T-T-A S-T-O-N-E dot com slash A-E-E today. Yeah, I like the combination of the two, right? So you've lived all over the world as a very young child, very kind of impressionable age, but you were able, it sounds like you were able to thrive. You were able to make it work. And partially because kids don't have that filter, that self-consciousness, right? So you built those connections. On this show, we talk a lot about connection and we say connection, not perfection. That's our trademark. It's our slogan. Uh, It sounds like you did that successfully. And then you came home and maybe there was some self-consciousness brought on. Don't talk about wh- where you right. are. You'll be considered different. Right. And then someone reminded you, hey, don't say, I don't know what I'm doing. Just take your right. seat and you know, give what you have to give and don't let your words undermine you. Exactly. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Okay. And so that's where we're going to go today for our audience, for our listeners Again, the title of your TED Talk was Don't Let Your Words Sabotage Your Career. And I liked your opening example of what specifically what women tend to say when they are accepted, when they are offered a job or a promotion, they question that, right? But I was thinking today, Julie, you could show us three language choices that all of our listeners might want to avoid, ways of framing things that we tend to do that we should stop doing because it is hurting our career if we're working in English. Does that sound like a good plan? Yes, that's great. And I have I have so many, but I'll narrow it down for you. (laughs) Okay, let's start with number one. one. I'm excited. Let's jump in. The first one, and this can be culturally different. Yes. So, so of course, all of this advice is pay attention to your environment. Of course. And who you're working with. But the first one I, I always talk about is not apologizing when you don't need to own a mistake or something not happening. Okay. Give us an example this, of what you mean by owning a mistake. Yeah. So let me, I'll give you an example of a, a client of mine who was responsible for, for pulling together materials for a board meeting. And there, mm. the CFO, quarter after quarter did not send her the materials on time. So she would be scrambling or they wouldn't get into the, the binder, you know, or the materials. Right. Um, He would look bad. She would look bad. There was all kinds of things not working Mm -hmm. and she tried everything. She worked with his assistant. She 
gave him a false early deadline. She went to his office. She called him. I mean, she really was trying everything to help him look good. Right. And sure. He came to her one day fuming, like, how did you not include my stuff? And now I look bad to the board. And, and she then said, well, I'm sorry, but you didn't get things to me on time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And she, this was not her fault. This was so she's not apologizing for something. Was he aware that he was late delivering the materials? Oh, or? yes. Yes. And by the way, he wasn't late by like an hour. It was like three days. You know, okay. it was due on, that example. It was due on a Tuesday. He got it to her Friday afternoon. No. Like the materials had gone out. The meeting was on Monday. Like, no. It, it, yeah. You know, and so was he aware? I hope so, Lindsay. But, you know, I don't, I don't know for sure. But what she told me was that after she apologized for it, she had this sense that there was there was a shift and she had the sense that she had made a mistake and she didn't mm. know exactly what it was. And, she, you know, and, and then we, you know, in, in lots of conversations, we figured out like she owned his mistake. Mm -hmm. So then mm -hmm. she started owning more of his mistake. Oh, wow. So that was kind of a right? gateway to saying yes. sorry more often then? Yes. Interesting. And then taking the blame. Okay. Okay. So then he started publicly blaming her. Oh no. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. This is becoming because she owned yeah. it. He took responsibility. Uh, not good. So yeah. He shifted it. And I said to her, why were you apologizing? What was going on? She said, I felt for him. He looked bad. He was frustrated. Mm -hmm, well, of course. Mm -hmm, of course. Mm -hmm. But you can change the language. And so what she said, instead of saying, I'm sorry was she said, I hear your frustration. Okay. What can okay. I do to help you? And she said it was unbelievable the shift that happened because she saw him visibly relaxed. His shoulders went down. And then what eventually happened is he apologized and he owned up that it was his fault. But when she was apologizing to him, he wasn't taking responsibility. It wasn't changing his behavior. Ooh. So really paying attention to what you're apologizing for. Right. If you're late, if you miss a deadline, apologize. Of course, if it's your mistake, right? If it's your mistake, but, but just be conscious of that. Right. Don't apologize for other people's mistakes. Right? Exactly. Don't okay. own it when it's not yours to own. That is really good. That's such a great example of maybe she wasn't very conscious initially that no. she was doing that, but then it became exactly. really clear and slid into a bigger problem. And as soon as she exactly. flipped that, it's it's all about those words. They matter so much. They set the right. tone for the interaction and the power relationship right exactly. between her and her boss. I love that. Right. Right. So is there a second thing that we might want yeah. to avoid then, Julie? I'm going to yeah. keep us moving through, but I love yeah. that first example. What would be yeah. the second one that we should avoid so doing? The second one is paying attention to when you're using conditional language, like tell us more. I think this is a good idea. I believe we should take this course of action. It's conditional. You're planting subconsciously maybe, but you're planting a seed of doubt in your audience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sure. if you're, right. If you're in a position of influence or you're trying to influence or you're trying to make a sale or you're trying to get more budget. Yeah. You want your audience to feel your confidence. So use, instead of using that conditional language, use declarative. So I suggest, I recommend from my experience, 
Hmm. I get a lot of pushback from people on this. Really? If, if I if I use that language, I'm gonna get it's gonna come back to bite me. It's gonna. And that's come because do they feel like they're putting too much of themselves, too much of an endorsement on it when they say I suggest, I recommend? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Hmm. And what I say to them is, look, if you're in a brainstorming session, then yeah, you can use. I think I believe. Sure. But That's if a different you concept. are influencing a client, if you are trying to influence a colleague, like I said, trying to get budget, mm. you by by standing in a strong position of conviction, yes, and using declarative language, if you're going to get pushback, better to get pushback from that standpoint than from a, a weak standpoint of well, maybe this would be a good idea. I'm not really sure. Right, right. You want to get right. pushback on the actual substance of the ideas, not the way you're right. framing the ideas. Exactly. You and then to taint. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then the focus is on the idea or the recommendation yes. as opposed to on you as mm, a leader. Mm. So I love that. So just to make sure our listeners got that. Use declarative language. I suggest we do this. I recommend we do that instead of conditional. I think, I believe these feel a little weaker. And I think for our listeners, an added layer of challenge that we want to focus on is when we translate directly from our native language, there may be certain native languages that are in pushing us more in the direction of the conditionals, I think, yeah. I believe. So that is something I want our listeners to think about, guys, as you are taking today's advice. Think about what are the what are the direct translations and are you translating directly and how could we reframe that into exactly. more declarative language? That is really interesting. I that that is a new one that I haven't thought about, but it makes total sense. Suggest right. and recommend also feel more professional. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Lindy, you you just did it perfectly because your tone was very neutral. Mm -hmm. So if yeah. people can pay attention to their tone where it's not overly aggressive, like we have to do this. Right, right. That That's people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Right. <laughs> but if you find this neutral, I recommend we do this. Yeah. And then to follow it with a question. How does that sit with you? What do you think? What pushback mm. could we get? That tends to start the conversation. But again, you're in this really strong position of engaging, building yeah. trust. Right. So it's not that you're not looking for feedback or not open to feedback. It's just that you're framing the feedback as a question after you've made your recommendation. Right? Exactly. Perfect. Exactly. All right, Julie, right. let's move on to your third tip. What would so be the, the third, third tip? Yeah. Is to not undermine yourself. Don't tell people what you're not. Like what the example I gave to you, mm -hmm. you know, starting out my career, I don't know anything. I didn't know anything. But I don't <laughs> right. No one knows anything that. when they start their career. Right. <laughs> right. The expectation wasn't that I knew everything, but don't tell people. And it blows me away, Lindsay. Like I hear best-selling authors, I hear tenured professors, experts in their field, sitting, you know, on panels or on guests on podcasts saying, well, you know, I'm just a professor in this. I haven't written a book. Or I'm just an author, but I'm, you know, everyone else here on the panel is professors. Hmm. Or literally saying, I'm not an expert in this. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to be the expert, but you probably are the expert in the room. Right. You're on the panel for a reason. Exactly. 
Yes. Yes. Just is a dangerous word, isn't it? We've done a couple of episodes talking about how just can really undermine. And we see women especially using just a lot, but just in general, being really careful and listening to yourself when you do use just, especially when you're talking about your own career portfolio, your skills. Right, Julie? Exactly. Exactly. And what I always tell people is you may use just when it's in reference to time. This just happened, right? <laughs> <laughs> you can't say, I just wrote a, a book. Or someone, one of my colleagues from the TED Talk, the cohort, said, well, I, I've just done a TED Talk. No, no, no. Like, no, no, no. no. You, mean, you mean yesterday you did a TED Talk? Is that what you <laughs> right, Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I love yeah. this. This is so good. I wish we could talk longer. Julie, we're running out of time here today, but this has been fantastic. You know, you've given us a chance to really reflect on some subtle things that may slip into our language. We might not be aware of how that's setting a tone in terms of a relationship, a path a relationship goes down, or yeah. how people look at our own expertise. It's up to us to show, you know, how qualified we are, right? That's right. That is Absolutely. so good. Thank you so much yes. for being on the show. Julie, where can our listeners find out more about you? Do you have a podcast or a book you could let us know about? Or should we go to your TED Talk? Where should we learn more? Yeah, so you can go to my website, juliehalunga.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, on LinkedIn, I would I love connecting with people and hearing, oh, I've eliminated this word and I've added this word. Um, and yeah. yes, my TED Talk is can be found on YouTube, on TED.com. Don't let your words sabotage your career. Excellent. And and I really encourage our listeners to, as you said, to slow down and think about communicating clearly and directly so that they are able to influence those around them. So good. And could you spell your URL, your website, just spell your name for us? Mm -hmm. Sure. It's www.julie, J-U-L-I-E-H-O-L-U-N-G-A.com. All right. Excellent. So I want to encourage our listeners, guys, go over there, check out the other things that Julie has going on. Definitely check out the TED Talk. Super powerful topic and very important. Julie, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been great chatting with you today. Thank you, Lindsay. All right. You have a good day. You too. Bye. Thanks for listening to All Ears English. Would you like to know your English level? Take our two-minute quiz. Go to allearsenglish.com forward slash fluency score. And if you believe in connection, not perfection, then hit subscribe now to make sure you don't miss anything. See you next time. Indeed ist das perfekte Instrument für Arbeitgeber, um Personal zu finden. Haben Sie ehrgeizige Einstellungsziele für dieses Jahr? Indeed als starker Partner für Recruiting macht es Ihnen leicht, sie zu erreichen. Warum stundenlang auf verschiedenen Jobbörsen nach den richtigen Kandidaten suchen, wenn es mit Indeed ganz einfach geht? Finden Sie schnell und gezielt die besten Mitarbeiter mit den leistungsstarken Tools von Indeed.com. Mit Indeed können Sie ganz bequem Videobewerbungsgespräche planen und durchführen und brauchen keinerlei zusätzliche Tools. Die hervorgehobenen Premium-Stellenanzeigen generieren durchschnittlich 50% mehr Bewerber. Was Indeed so stark macht, ist die wirklich einfache Rekrutierung. Indeed nimmt Ihnen durch seinen All-in-One-Ansatz und die Premium-Stellenanzeigen die Arbeit ab. Heben Sie eine Anzeige hervor und sofort nach Veröffentlichung werden Ihnen alle Bewerber angezeigt, deren Lebensläufe zu Ihrem Stellenangebot passen. Jetzt Mitarbeiter auf indeedcom podcast 2 finden und 75 Euro Guthaben erhalten. Also... 
Indeed.com-PODKATZ2. Dieses Angebot ist nur für einen begrenzten Zeitraum gültig. Es gelten die allgemeinen Geschäftsbedingungen. Wusstest du, dass zehntausende deutsche Unternehmen bereits Shopify nutzen? Von innovativen Startups bis hin zu Familienunternehmen mit langer Tradition? Die Commerce-Plattform Shopify revolutioniert Millionen von Unternehmen weltweit. Mit Shopify kannst du Produkte über beliebige Kanäle verkaufen. Ob persönliches POS-System oder umfassende E-Commerce-Plattform. Auch Social Media und Marktplätze wie Facebook, Instagram und Ebay werden unterstützt. Dank der ständig wachsenden Auswahl innovativer Funktionen und des zuverlässigen technischen Supports ist es ganz einfach, dein Business mit Shopify aufzubauen. Ob Produktpräsentation oder Bestell- und Zahlungsabwicklung. Shopify bietet alles, was du für die Verwaltung deines Business brauchst. So kannst du dich ganz auf dein Business konzentrieren. Shopify kostenlos ausprobieren und dein Business voranbringen. Shopify.de-try besuchen. Also Shopify.de-try. Made for Germany. Powered by Shopify.